tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, the first weekend of the NBA playoffs are here, and they did not disappoint. We got upsets in Milwaukee and Phoenix. We got blowouts in Denver and Philly. And, of course, we have drama, baby, between our doves and the Bean team, the Sacramento Kings. I'm here to break it all down for you. So, Nick, my man, drop that generic-ass beat that should be Rihanna. So the first weekend of the playoffs has come and gone, and we have some storylines already that are brewing. What I'm going to give you is my three things that I found interesting from each of the series, beginning out west, ending with my breakdown of the Warriors and the Kings, because as you know, I'm in the grind, and I am in Sacramento. Uh, But I did want to get you caught up first. So let's start out west, where three of the four series got interesting really fast. Let's start in Memphis, Lakers-Grizzlies fascinating game, fascinating game full of good, bad, and mostly ugly for the Grizzlies. Uh, They end up losing to the Lakers uh, 128-112. So it was a blowout, folks. They, They pull out a road win. They steal home court from the number two team in the West. And, yeah, I think a lot of people saw that coming. Right, I think a lot of people said the matchups don't favor the Grizzlies because there's no Steven Adams, there's no Brandon Clark, and what is Xavier Tillman going to do? He's going to get eaten alive by Anthony Davis. But the way that it ended up happening was in a way that nobody did see coming. So here are the three things that I took away from this game. First, the Lakers beat the Grizzlies on their home court despite the fact that Anthony Data Davis got injured in that game. It nullified him essentially in the second half. That was huge. Everybody says that if Anthony Davis isn't healthy, this team is cooked. They were not cooked when Anthony Davis could not lift his arm. He was out there in the second half, barely able to function, and he was a non-factor offensively in the second half. So despite that, this team can win without him in the short term. 
Second, the Grizzlies dared the Lakers' role players to beat them, and they lost. They did. Rui Hachimura had 29 and 6, mostly on uncontested shots. In the postgame, Desmond Bain admitted that was slightly a flaw in our system. Let's see if Rui can do it again. These role players were going to make them beat us every single time. But the problem is Rui only has to do it for one game. He did it once. They got their job done. And now the Lakers, all they have to do is continue to hold home court. And understanding the Laker role players means looking at LeBron as well. Because LeBron, another thing to think about, LeBron just took one shot in the fourth quarter only. Why? So that he could get the ball to Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. They were combined nine for 10 from the floor in the fourth quarter. Think about that. LeBron James, the fourth quarter man, the clutch man himself, deferred to Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, and it paid off. So if you're the Grizzlies, thirdly, you must be in panic mode because Ja Morant hurt himself. Not only did he hurt his wrist, he's doubtful for game two and maybe longer, but the truth is that he was hurt five minutes left in the game and he just really wasn't a factor in that game. J- Jaron Jackson Jr. played really well. He had 31-4-5, and five, and they still got dog walked. You're going to need big performances out of Jaron to just compete. Imagine how much things can change. The Lakers were cooked. They didn't even look like a playing team, and now it feels like they could possibly sweep the Grizzlies. Let's move on to Heat versus Bucks. What happened there? I mean, in a nutshell, Giannis got hurt before, you know, the second, I think before the first quarter even ended, right? He seems to be okay. It's a tailbone issue. But they were getting blown out before Giannis even left the court. He'll be banged up, of course, in the, in the short term moving forward. But listen, man, if you don't have Giannis, you're essentially a seven seed. The Heat had a, a lead pretty much all game before and after Giannis left the court. Giannis might miss game two. Tailbone injuries are no joke. I mean, Steph, Steph missed, I think, 10 games uh, with a tailbone injury. He had to wear a diaper when he came back. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Giannis. More importantly, though, Tyler Hero, broken hand. Drained a corner three with a broken hand, out for the rest of the playoffs. Massive loss to the Heat. The Heat are one of those teams that when they are streaking and when they are hitting threes, they are really, really good. And when they're not, they fucking stink. The team against the Bucks shot 65% from three. That's going to be something that you need to look at moving forward without Tyler Hero. What is the solution to replace Tyler Hero? Do not say Duncan Robinson. Do, do not say that. He got six minutes in the entire game, and he's, that's probably the amount that he's going to get all series. His agent probably called Spolster and said, we need six minutes for Duncan sometime. Probably going to need a big Oladipo game. Probably going to need a big Caleb Martin game. Probably going to need a big Gabe Vincent game. I don't love that for the Heat. Uh, second, the Bucks need to find someone that can hit a three. They were pathetic. It was fucking horrible. They were 24% from three. That's not going to get it done. Jay Crowder, very streaky player. Bobby Portis, very streaky player. Middleton and Drew, you need more from. They were all combined four for 25. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Joe Ingles, he played pretty well from three. Maybe you feature him more. God, he's slow. Goran Dragic got a DMP. Maybe he's a part of that answer. Listen, and thirdly, it's the Jimmy Butler show. 43 minutes was the most all day by any player. He was on the court pretty much the entire time. He's going to try to will this team. 
in the second round, and and it's just we know it's not going to happen. But playoff Jimmy Butler is a real force. I think he had thirty five, five and eleven. I think he had three steals. But that bench, that bench for the Heat is fucking awful. You, Kyle Lowry can't be the one who helps you. He's he's just the kind of guy that gives you thirty one one night, gives you two the next. He's a bad lawnmower with a bad spark plug. Like, you don't know if it's going to start or not on any given day. Uh, but this is a weird series. Both teams feel like they're equally in trouble. Felt very, very sure that the Bucks were going to be able to take this in five, maybe even in four. But if Giannis is out, I don't know. They live and die with Giannis. If he's hurt, you rest him as long as you can as necessary, but hopefully not so long that you can't crawl out of a hole. Very, very interesting series. Did not see that heat win coming. Clippers versus the Suns. You look at the box score, you see the Clippers pull out an upset. They take game one, 115-110 in the Valley, and, and you say, wow, probably, you know, probably big Nick Batum game. Like, wow, Russ must have had 25 or 30. But, no, the game was not at all what you thought. It was the Kawhi show, of course. And he did not disappoint. 38 points, including a clutch dagger after clutch dagger in the second half. He was hitting threes. He looked really, really good. On the flip side, KD carried the Suns with 17 in the second quarter. Didn't look good in the first quarter. And the problem, though, with the Suns is that KD did not take a shot in the final five minutes of the game. That's, that's a big problem. Monty did not learn his mistakes from last year. Dude ran out 11 players, which is pretty insane, uh, considering that their bench is fucking awful. You know that. The bench stinks. We've always known that ever since the Kevin Durant trend. Kevin Durant trade went down. We do not need to see Landry Schmidt and Ish Wainwright in clutch time. We do not. Monty Williams, why are you getting out coached from the time that you played the Bucks till now? DeAndre Ayton figures to be non-factor. I don't know what's happening with him, but he's not a guy that you can really rely on to get you late end-of-the-game buckets. He's not in any rhythm. The Clippers are giving him all kinds of space to shoot mid-range jumpers, and he's shooting them, and he's, he's largely missing them. There is no world that DeAndre Ayton should be shooting more shots than Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker. They just can't. And it's where you're shooting them. It's when you're shooting them. Mostly 10 to 15 foot jumpers. I don't. I don't like that. DeAndre Ayton needs to attack the rim a lot more for the Suns to really be in it. This is a really good team. They should beat the Clippers. But not when you're taking the ball out of KD's hands, Devin Booker's hands, and even to a small degree, Chris Paul's hands. Like you look at it, and he's going up against Ayton. He's going up against Zubac, Plumlee, and Batum. None of them had more than four fouls. You have to get them into foul trouble if you're going to win those games. And we've got to give Ty Lue some love, right? Like, he's a really, really good coach. Really, really good coach. There's a million strategy decisions that you can break down from how smart his rotations are to the decision to play Kawhi finally 42 minutes. Like I said, Jimmy Butler only played more minutes yesterday than Kawhi. That's the only player on the floor that played more. That's wild considering how, listen, like, Ty Lue got a lot of shit for load-managing Kawhi. He really did. Kind of feels like skipping minutes in March to use them in April, May, and June. Might actually make sense. Tyler should get all the flowers. Listen, and he should get all the flowers for this. Russell Westbrook was not believed in in L.A. at all. And he came to the Clippers, 
And Ty Lue said, we're going to let Russell Westbrook be him. People thought he was crazy, but that loyalty and belief in Russell Westbrook is what won them the game. Russell Westbrook won the Clippers that game. He had the worst shooting game of his entire playoff career, which was 3-for-19, and yet in the final two minutes, he was the most impactful guy on the court. He was hunting for his shots. He was swatting balls away. He was playing incredibly good defense. Russ went to the bench in the third quarter when the Clippers were down double digits. Kawhi made a run. It was a four-point lead. And it felt like Russ was never going to see the court again. But you know what? Ty put him back in, and he let him control the offense all the way to the end of the game. He didn't give a shit whether his shot was hitting. He was his usual Tasmanian devil self in the final two minutes. He attacked the rim. He got fouled. He made two huge free throws with 17 seconds left. He made the game-saving defensive play on, on Devin Booker. Like He made six plays in the final two minutes that won the Clippers the game. Without him, they don't win that game. So that's a really, really interesting matchup. Can't wait to see. I think it might be a long series, actually. I thought this would be four, five, six games. I think it might go seven. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wolves at Denver, gross. Worst game of the weekend by far. That's why it was on Sunday night. For East Coast fans, you're probably in bed. It's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. on the East Coast. No fucking shot. Everyone knew that it was going to be bad because the game went off at 10.30 West Coast time. 10.30 East Coast time, excuse me. Half the country was sound asleep by halftime. You're not going to see Kings Warriors in that death slot. You're not going to see Clippers Suns in the death slot. You give it to Denver. Here are my takeaways. Playoff Jokic is here, and he's really good. Playoff Jokic is different than anybody else. Playoff Jokic is very different than himself in the regular season. He had 13-4-6 in 28 minutes, and he fouled out with the Nuggets up 20. But in the first quarter, first half, they just went to him time and time and time and time again, facilitating perfectly, sweeping the boards, going up against multiple seven-footers, and just being the MVP that everybody knows he has been. 
So second, another point is the Nuggets are just really, really good. The Nuggets are really efficient. They have multiple guys that can get you 15 points. Aaron Gordon had 13. Porter had 18. Jokic, 13. Jamal Murray, 24. He was kind of the leading scorer on that team. And KCP with 15. Bruce Brown off the bench, 14. So it was probably the most balanced scoring effort of any team in the playoffs this year. And you don't need a guy like Nikola Jokic to go off for 40. You don't. You have guys along the way that can help you with 13, 12, 15, 17 along the way. Really hard to beat a team like that. If you have to defend every single player and there is no weakness and they can all shoot and score, that, that's tough. That's a really tough team to beat. And then, you know, I think the thing somebody mentioned to me was like, wow, a Michael Porter Jr. is it's a wild card. And I said, well, I think this is a team full of wild cards. You never know what you're going to get from MPJ, but you also don't know what you're going to get from KCP. KCP could give you five for six from three, and he could also go 0 for nine from three. Day to day, the Nuggets are like night and day. Thirdly, man, the Wolves, the Wolves are, they're just not themselves. They've played two playoff games already. They might have been gassed coming to Mile High in Denver, but I, I don't really care. This is a team with Rudy and Cat on the floor that does not make an ounce of sense, and we know that. Rudy got ran off the floor again. He was in negative 28 and 27 minutes because the Nuggets exposed him. Carl Anthony Towns was better, but listen, this roster is getting exposed. They, they miss Jaden McDaniels. They miss Nas Reed. And I'm not really sure that they can keep up with this Denver team without that defense. The series is going to be over fast. Game three is the key. Nuggets can win against the Wolves on the road. It's probably night-night sleep mask. So, Celtics-Hawks, another one that's going to be over fast. Is the series over before it started? Celtics blew the doors off the Hawks in game one. They built the lead of, like, 20 fast. And in the process, served everybody in the NBA that the Boston Celtics are back, right? That they actually are, especially with Giannis going down, maybe the team to beat in the East. Three takeaways. Trey Young sucks. He's terrible in playoffs. He just really is. Whatever his point number is, when you're betting him, just take the under every single time. Is The fun levels are at an all-time low for poor Trey. According to Dan Greenberg, how bad is it? Trey Young versus the Celtics guards. Well, versus Derek White, he had 31 possessions, six points, and went two for seven. Versus Marcus Smart, reigning defensive player of the year, 16 possessions, five points, two for six shooting. Versus Malcolm Brogdon, two possessions, zero points, zero for one shooting. There is nobody that he can score on. Derek White's probably a shoe in for all defensive NBA team. Brogdon has a defensive rating of 112.6 this year, which is about the same as Derek White's. I have no idea how Trey Young is going to be able to get loose. Second, the Celtics are going to dominate and manage to dominate the Hawks, despite the fact that Robert Williams was a non-factor. He was legit the only player on the roster who had a negative plus minus, minus seven. And this was despite going six for six from the field. I don't think he's the same player, and I do not think it matters against a team like the Hawks. And Boston doesn't need him to beat Atlanta. They're 100% going to need him to beat the Sixers. But, oh, boy, listen, the Hawks feel like they're in trouble. If Trey continues, thirdly, his run of mediocre play in Atlanta, does this mean he's getting traded? 
I don't mean to be Wojnowski right now and like move forward too far, but Quinn Snyder is a good coach. And he was brought on to suss out whether Trey Young is the, the future point guard for this team. And they do feel like they have some major issues to contend with because they've got DeJounte and Trey. If Quinn Snyder wants to build this team to be beating the rest of these Eastern Conference teams, like the Celtics and like the Sixers, and I just showed you all of his stats that were boo-boo, what, what is he going to do? This series could be over in four and Trey Young could be moved to some random team in the offseason. Knicks versus Cavs, what a fascinating matchup this is. I think everybody expected it to go seven, and I think it still will. Knicks stole home court right out from under Cleveland with performances from their star, a gutty game from Julius Randle, but also Josh Hart. Josh Hart is so good on this team. That first-round pick that they had to give up to get him is worth every single penny. First off, the takeaways that... It was just that. Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart are like peas and carrots. Hart was 8 for 11 for 17. Brunson went off for 27. That's 44 for two guys uh, in the backcourt that went to school together at Villanova. Like, when you can get that, it's really hard to beat somebody when Hart is coming off the bench and giving you 15-plus. Jalen Brunson had the ball on his hands for the final minute, and there was some timely offensive rebounding that went into the books for a Knicks win, but listen, you also had a timely bucket from Josh Hart. They're not the most talented team, but boy, did they find a way to scheme to make Darius Garland uncomfortable. They just bodied him, secondly. They they made life so uncomfortable for Darius Garland, trapping him the entire game. They forced him into five turnovers, and he had 17 points on 7 for 13 shooting. He was just a wounded duck. Just a wounded duck. Josh Hart, Emmanuel quickly, and and Garland didn't put up a single shot in the second half. So I think the Cavs are going to have to figure out a way to fix that. They apparently say that they're going to be more physical in game two because Darius Garland said that the refs let him play a lot. However, the refs change game to game, folks. He said, we need to hit first and see how the refs react instead of being punched in the face and just laying down. We're going to see how that turns out. The last takeaway is that Donovan Mitchell is worth every single cent. He is him. He single-handedly brought the Cavs back. Almost won in the game, too. They didn't have any business being in the game, but Donovan Mitchell had 38, six threes, and without him, I think the Cavs lose by 20. Well, without him, the Cavs aren't even there. The Cavs are probably just a play-in team that just gets bounced. I think there's a good chance this, this series goes seven. Net Sixers. I mean, this is like the Wolves versus the Nuggets. It's a mismatch. Uh, we kind of knew it was going to be. We were hoping that, there was going to be a role player like Mikhail Bridges who could help you compete. But when P.J. Tucker is hitting early threes, you know it's going to be a bad night. The Sixers, I think they won every, every single quarter. I think they did. Three takeaways from the game. Joel is, is activated playoff mode. He's really, really good. The box score doesn't look like he did anything, 26-5-3. But he was throwing his body, body around with reckless abandon. The Nets have no answer. They have no answer for for Joel Embiid. Nick Claxton, you're too small. Joel can facilitate around you. It is hard for anyone to defend Joel Embiid, which we know. The problem, though, is that he took another bad fall. Every time that happens, the entire Sixers fan base just gasps. This time, this time Embiid seems fine, but the more he hits the ground, boy, the more likely he's going to get hurt. 
This version, secondly, of James Harden is very dangerous. Harden had 23 points and 13 assists for a game high of plus 20. He was the most impactful guy on the court. He's probably one of the best passers in the league And after really a different renaissance of him being the best scorer in the league. His transformation, I think, is just very impressive. As long as his hamstring, his Achilles, his feet hold up, I think that this team's dangerous. And thirdly, I don't care that the Nets are getting blown out. Mikael Bridges is him. Mikael Bridges is the man, too. He had 30 like clockwork. Every single game, he's seemingly putting up 30. How good is he? I think that there are now multiple fan bases that want to give up four or five first-round draft picks for Mikael. He's a number one option. He's very, very good. He's, he's probably close to being an all-NBA player. At 30-5, and five, playing elite defense. If the Nets keep him, and they're already calling him Brooklyn Bridges, so I feel like, I feel like they do want to keep him, they're going to need to add another star around him. Uh, I don't see this series going long, so I don't have a lot of things to say, but the Nets are going to need to figure out something, defending the home court well against the Sixers, and they're always one injury away from disaster. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's talk a little bit about this Kings-Warriors game. The atmosphere was crazy. I, people were giving me a hard time like I've never been to an NBA arena because I said that they had this whole thing planned. This is the first time they've been in the playoffs in 17 years. First time in Golden 1. So they wanted to do it upright. They had black lights and the whole thing. And if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here in Sacramento right now. But I want to give an up-close and personal look uh, about that insane game one. Here are some random thoughts. One, Alex Len, I did not expect him to go crazy. I did not expect Alex Len sanity. Did anybody, I, did anybody think he was going to be a difference maker in this game besides Mike Brown? Mike Brown was coaching his ass off, boy, because Alex Len was a largely forgotten big man that they got from the Wizards, and he was a plus 10 in that game in 13 minutes. Trey Lyles, another impactful role player on this team. I saw him practicing. He was the last guy on the court right before the game time, and I was like, wow, he's hit 50 consecutive threes in a row. He was four for six from three. 
had 16 points off the bench. I think without Trey Lyles, they lose game one. Absolutely. Number three, Darren Fox has shown the world that he might be better than John Morant. We'll talk about this another time in a deep dive. But I think you could make the case statistically that that Jaw does less things well than Fox. And now Fox on a national stage. You got Stephen A. Smith apologizing to him. You know you've made it. He's the best clutch player in the NBA for a reason. And that was exactly what he did against the Warriors. He hit clutch shot after clutch shot, especially when Steph Curry's throwing haymakers at you. Oh, man. I tell you what. It, he arrived. De'Aaron Fox has arrived. Wiggins looks really good. Doesn't look like he's out of shape. Hit a bunch of good shots. Defended well. If he's playing 30, 40 minutes, that's going to be tough. He was one for eight from three. I do not expect that to continue. Harrison Barnes had some big moments. I thought he was really impactful. He had this one step back that it was like, oh, no, Harrison. Oh, yes, Harrison. Well, you didn't expect him to shoot it. He did. He had 13 points, one for three from three. But, man, that three-pointer was clutch. I tell you what, Kevon Looney had just hit two free throws. They had made it a one-possession game with 2.49 left, and Barnes just blew the entire arena up with a clutch three to put him up six. Every time the Warriors clawed, somebody responded, which I, th- I think was really the story for the Warriors, is every time the Warriors did Warriors things, the Kings responded like they were the Warriors. Uh, lastly, like there's no real answer for Malik Monk. I don't know that this team can stop him. He was 14 for 14 from the free throw line, but he was slicing through that defense like a, a knife through hot butter or a hot knife through butter. He's too athletic for them. He is. He's going to get Kevon Looney in foul trouble. He sees that he's faster. He sees that he's more crafty. Yes, maybe he's a wild card from a shooting standpoint, but if he's getting into the lane, which I think that the defense is going to allow him to do, I mean, you can see Malik Monk easily getting 20, 25 points a night. Finish it up with some quick thoughts, quick hitters. The refs were terrible. Uh, Kavon Looney was really good against Sabonis. Not so great against the guards. He could end up getting, I think, ran off the floor by you know guys like Malik Monk. I think both teams are going to push the pace a lot. Mike Brown and Steve Kerr talked about it before the game, that they're going to actually go faster than they do in the regular season. And listen, like I don't think you can count on Sabonis. I don't. He's not going to put up a lot of points in the series. It's a very bad matchup for him. He's going to eat from the rebounds. But outside of that, I don't see him ever getting 20 points in this series. Both teams, though, offensively started so bad from three. There's going to be a lot more offense to be had. It still hit the over, and they started off slow. At one point, the Kings were like, I think four for 21. Everybody thinks that they feel good about the Warriors and our dubs. But the Kings at one point were so ice cold and they were only down 12. If they come out like themselves, this could get ugly really, really fast. Um, a couple of other points really quick before we go to game two. Um, it was interesting seeing the game up close and then see how the national media talks about the Kings' victory. And not surprisingly, most of them were spinning it in the, in the Warriors' favor. But let's face it, like, it's Golden State. Golden State's the marquee team of the league. That's why they're on national TV and other teams like OKC and the Kings aren't. I can explain why that is. Um, I think that they're just a team that is 
centering itself in every conversation. The national narratives push this at every opportunity. This is what The Athletic wrote. The Warriors lost game one, but it felt like they won something too. They finally got Wiggins back, and he's ready for this. In game one, he galloped all over the floor, blocking a career-high four shots, made seven of his first 12, and played 28 rowdy minutes. Like, I don't know that I would put Andrew Wiggins in that light. He was good, but I don't think he's just this monster that's going to turn Golden State into some sort of powerhouse against the Kings. Here's another example of a pregame of what ESPN hid. Like, the entire thing was going off. You know, lasers, strobe lights, black lights. And what we got instead was Woj breaking down Clay wanting a $200 million max contract this year. I don't think that that's something that anybody cares about right now. I just don't. I just don't. I don't think we care about contract situations in game one of the first round of an NBA playoff game. But it was one of the loudest environments I've ever seen. It was one of the coolest moments for a fan base that needs it. I just wanted ESPN to show it. The sizzle for game two is ESPN showing 24 different shots of Steph Curry and nothing else. Even the cable description says that the Warriors already won game one. The disrespect is real. Uh, I will be out west through game four. You'll be getting a, a lot of reports from on the ground. Follow me on social media at, at This Heat Check, at Trista Crick on Twitter and IG, This Heat Check on YouTube. Please give me a follow. Please share with everyone. We appreciate you. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. It has been busy. Uh, I've got to go on D'Lo and Casey right now, talk to some of the folks from BetMGM tonight later on as well. But I will be on the ground. I will continue to post. Check back Thursday. We're going to have an all-new episode as we break down the playoffs. Please do not forget to check the feed as well for past interviews, episodes along the way. And please follow us because the playoffs are here. Download. Subscribe. Please tell your friends. Every single one of them. And as I said, follow us on social because the heat check never sleeps, even from the West Coast. 